Accomplishment Coaching is proud to present the following fine programming. Accomplishment Coaching, where coaches lead and leaders coach. AccomplishmentCoaching.com Welcome to The Coaching Show with your host, Master Certified Coach, Christopher McCollum. Thank you, Dick Warren, and thank you, my dear listener, for being with us today. We are delighted. Today, today is a good show. We're going to uh, talk with a couple of extraordinary men about what they're doing in the world of, check this all out, education, family life, being there for the young men and women, but men, especially with men, young men in America and elsewhere, the plight of African-American young men, and we might talk about the importance of manners, grace, and style in your leadership. So how's that for a wide-ranging conversation? Pretty good. Let's get started. We want to, first of all, send out our thoughts and prayers to people who were impacted since we've last spoken. Hurricane Irma visited Florida and parts in the south of the United States, as well as uh, tore through the Caribbean and devastated many millions of lives. We want to send our... uh, hearts and prayers and healing thoughts to those folks and, of course, the people still dealing with the aftermath of Hurricane Harvey. We're um, also mindful that it is uh, just after the 16th anniversary of 9-11. So some somber somber times and some serious topics there. Let's all give a moment of energy, thoughts, and healing to our planet, our people, and um, those less fortunate than us. And with that, how about, how about that for an intro? Let me introduce you to Mick Carbo. Here's the thing. I could read you Mick's uh, bio, and it's impressive. But let me tell you about the man. Here's what I know about Mick Carbo. He's a founder of Carbo Coaching, and you can find him on the web there at Carbo, C-A-R-B-O, coaching.com. But you talk about integrity. You talk about your integrity. And this guy is a man of integrity. This is a guy that you would leave, you know, just instantly. The moment you met him, you would be fine leaving your, you know, your house, your wife, your kids, your car with him and know that everything would be taken care of and somehow he would magically get it back to you better than you left it. Uh, He's a man of high integrity, high ethics and values. He's a man who makes a huge difference in the lives of the people around him. But a lot of his impact is just when you meet him with his uh, piercing and jolly stare, he can look right through you. I also know him as a man who... Now, Mick, here's the thing. When I met you, you were a man of, you know, sort of that middle-aged, young kids, uh, family age, and you had the dad bod. And in the time that I've known you, and really very quickly, you turned into a monster, a beast of, uh, of uh, just strength and power and tenacity. Uh, let's start there. How did you do that? Wow, this is a truthful statement. First of all, thank you so much for all the kind words, Christopher. I really appreciate it. Um, you know, it, it it all came about when I was staring in the mirror one day, and I had several people in my life surrounding me, including my wife, who had decided to go on uh, somewhat of a fitness challenge to become, you know, their best selves and their bodies. And, and I didn't really like what I saw anymore when I was staring in the mirror. Um, didn't like that dad bod. So I just made a choice to do something about it. And uh, in about 
three, three and a half months, I lost 30 pounds and I've been able to keep it off for a little over two years. And I've really discovered, you know, uh, uh, an amazing pastime and, um, in, in working out. Like I, I just love going to the gym every day and, uh, working my body out. And, and I really love what I see now. And it's, uh, all because of a choice that I made. And because of your integrity and your ability to stick to that choice, I would assert, uh, yeah, I made a, I, I had a similar experience and I made a different choice where I just took the mirrors out of the house. And so <laughs> each of us has found our own path. Um, well, it's also an example of the integrity that you bring. I suppose we should let people know that uh, you have a, a long career, a storied career as an entrepreneur, and so you particularly enjoy coaching leaders who are entrepreneurial or starting businesses and that sort of thing and dealing with the challenges of that. You're also a man uh, of family. You have been married for a while and have three, count them, three children. Uh, anything you want to say about longevity in marriage? Any tips, any tools, any techniques? Uh, communication, learning how to ask for what you want, learning how to be of service, um, and making sure that you spend adequate time really connecting with your spouse and with your kids. I feel like if we, if we invest time and energy in those relationships, then they'll flourish. And if we don't, then, uh, you know, the opposite happens, obviously. And one thing that I will uh, put in about my children really quickly, given the introduction that you gave this morning, uh, specifically about 9-11, yeah. is that was my daughter's birthday. Uh-huh. So I uh, I was in the hospital, um, you know, with my little princess being birthed on that very day. So there was some silver lining. Man, what a what a juxtaposition. Thank you for that. Thanks for reminding us that people were getting born and married and everything else on that day, um, as every other day. Um, you uh, sort of sped through some really powerful stuff there. Can I ask you to go back? So marriage, I heard a few of those things, you know, some of them pointedly. Time and energy, really clear. Communication, asking for what you want, and being of service. Mm-hmm. Again, I've taken a different path in my marriage, but uh, <laughs> let's, talk about, let's talk about which of those do you think – if, if you could give our, our listener one uh, tidbit today, which of those things, like what's one thing you would suggest that all married people or maybe all married men do today for their spouse or with their spouse or around their spouse or near their spouse? Um, you know, I would, I would say the piece about uh, learning how to really ask for what we want is the most important out of those three that I mentioned. Uh, I, I, I feel like a lot of the time you know, we, as men, you know, we'll, we'll become the martyr and we'll figure that, uh, Hey, in order for everything to stay nice, in order to have a long-term successful relationship, the game to play is to just not rock the boat. And that a lot of the time puts us in a position where we're not getting our needs met. We don't feel fulfilled or, uh, or really powerful, right? We feel powerless. Absolutely. I mean, absolutely. I'm, I'm saying for a friend. Yeah, totally. I get that. <laughs> um, but, you know, you know, sometimes it, it feels um, uh, maybe weak to to actually have needs. Right. And specifically around specifically around certain things that are sort of difficult to talk about or maybe taboo like sex and, um, you know, needing some time alone or, 
you know, uh, maybe maybe creating some adventure and, and fun in, in, in the relationship and in life. But if we decide the, to just kind of lay low and not talk about those things, then we're really putting ourselves at a disservice. And when we, you know, when 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 we lack that power, then, you know, it, it sort of comes up and comes across in the relationship. And then there's, you know, just a bunch of yuckiness in the space. True that. True that. So I'm, I'm uh, hearing the opportunity is sort of like cleaning out a, a pipe or your arteries or something like things get clogged and the job is to kind of clean them out and keep cleaning them out. Am I picking up what you're laying now? Yep, that's exactly right. Thanks for that. Nice. All right. Here's the thing. Um, I have a little cough, as you can tell. And our guest today, not only an extraordinary guy, not only a very fascinating man with lots of, uh, lots of uh, different things going on, but I understand you know this guy and you're kind of like friends. This is the true. This is truth. All right. How about if instead of reading his, you know, lovely and, and PR vetted biography, you just let me know what, what you like about this guy. Who is he for you? Oh, man. Uh, Sadiq for me is, is a family man. He's a successful entrepreneur. Uh, he's, a, he's a risk taker. And that risk is the risk that he's taking is actually to go out and make a truly meaningful difference for young people in the world. And he walked away from uh, a, a very high paying management position for a very well-known company in order to serve people and build a business around that. Um, and I think that's absolutely amazing. He also is a man of, um, uh, of a lot of integrity. Uh, he shows up. He, uh, he is supportive. He, um, he, he's not a person who I know, who I've known for a long time. And in the, in the past year and a couple of months that I've known him, I, I feel like I can call him a brother. So that's who he is for me. Um, I know him as a, as a family man. Um, he's got, uh, he's got a wife and, and I believe five children. Holy bajoli. And yeah, he's, uh, he, he's very dedicated to them. He, he, uh, uh, he's, he's stuck with them. He, uh, he has children of, of all different ages, which I think is another uh, interesting thing about Sadiq. He's got, he's got a brand new baby, as a matter of fact. Uh, so congratulations again, brother. And he's also got uh, an 18-year-old that he's just sent off to college. So you can imagine there's this range of uh, who he needs to be as a, as a father oh, oh, for these children. Yeah, yeah right? I mean, that's, uh, it's, it's just it's incredible. And uh, as far as the the work that he does, I mean, he's uh, uh, he's written books. He uh, he has engagements going on with uh, with local uh, government and 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 working with organizations who are looking to turn, you know, uh, maybe um, uh, uh, some lower end, maybe bad neighborhoods around into flourishing, thriving neighborhoods. Wow. So he's 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 just an amazing guy with uh, with a lot of integrity um, and uh, a hard work ethic, and he just shows up and is there when you need him. Great. Well, just to add, as if that weren't enough credibility, let's add that he's also a TV and radio host and commentator, a social entrepreneur, as you heard, best-selling author of five books, national award-winning keynote speaker and trainer, and consultant. We welcome to our microphone Sadiq Ali. Hello, sir. You guys, you guys, just let me know where to send the checks, man. You guys are awesome. <laughs> uh, well, I'll text you the address right after this. Actually, let's I just announce it I in case. You As a man of integrity, I know you will. <laughs> <laughs> other people, other people want to send checks. We should just publish it. Yeah. Uh, 
Sadiq, let's uh, hear longtime listeners of this program, which, you know, I think I think there are some. And thank you. God bless you. Uh, are uh, know that I have a huge commitment to education in America. I believe that education, our educational system is fundamentally broken uh, in a lot of different ways and that we need to make it a top priority. And clearly our leaders are not. So this is going to be something that we have to do ourselves. We have to do at the grassroots level. And I know that you are committed to changing the lives of young people. Where do you see education fits into that? And what, what, what are you doing and what would you have us do about education in America? Sure, sure. I, I think, um, first off, again, thank you guys so much for the invitation uh, to be on the show. Um, it looks like you guys are also doing really, really amazing work. So I'm, I'm just happy to be able to chat with you all just briefly. Um, and with that being said, I think just the short amount of time that we have, we wouldn't even scratch the surface of the answers that need to come from a question as large as that. Um, but what I will say is this, uh, there, there's a couple of key things that, that I've observed through my work, not only working in schools, but with parents and families across the country. I've worked in youth detention centers. I've worked in adult jails, uh, really all over the place as it pertains to, again, youth and families and education. What I will say so to, to your point about the fundamental things that need to change is that first and foremost, too often these days, we confuse school with education. That's the first thing I'll say. Too often we confuse school with education. I tell the young people, many of the young people that I work with frequently is, is, is that it's possible for you to go to school every single day of your life for 18, 20 something years, right? And never learn a thing. It's also possible for you to go to, quote unquote, a broken institution or to a broken school and for you to learn and exceed every single expectation set out before you. So we really, as I think the adults and the leaders of society and community have to lay out a pretty clear cut uh, just edict that says school and education aren't necessarily the same thing. They can be, but we need to focus on education, not only in terms of life skills, but also what am I passionate about? What does the world need? How can I make a living? How can I serve? These are all the things that need to be absolutely melded in to the conversation around education and not just school, because those two uh, don't always go hand in hand. My second point around education would be uh, too often, again, I think that uh, education puts the school system and the family at odds with one another when truly uh, a partnership between the two has to exist. And I think for the most part, uh, educational or, or, or proponents of educational re reform would agree on that, that parents and schools or parents uh, or rather families and schools have to work together. But I think, uh, in my opinion, too often um, that's only part of the equation that gets addressed. Uh, and again, in my opinion, we have to engage everyone in society around youth, uh, around youth development, around, again, fixing education. And by that, I mean, one of the concepts that I always talk about is really the concept of the four-legged stool, if you will, of youth development or education. And that is engaging the schools, right? And, and again, really restarting this movement around schools being community hubs, right? Mm -hmm. and, and you'll hear a lot you know, in education sectors around community schools and those really resurging, which I think is a, a wonderful thing. But schools, that's only one leg of the stool. Um, that has to be joined in with what I just mentioned in terms of families and parents have to be engaged and trained on how to engage their kids at home, right? But then I think the other two legs of the stool we don't talk about enough, and that is community engagement, which includes businesses, mm -hmm. right? Businesses have a direct line and a direct 
there's, there's a direct benefit from them supporting schools. You talk about those members of the community that don't have children. Mm-hmm. Those are also community stakeholders. We have to engage them. And then lastly, the faith-based community. Uh, when we engage all those four legs of the stool, we'll see youth development completely transcend this sort of down, you know, this downturn that we're in right now. It's great. There's a lot to go after there. The, the sure. first thing that I want to echo is you're, you're exactly right. Uh, from my perspective, you know, when, when I was growing up, and I think I grew up in a different generation than the two of you, um, there was no daylight between schools and teachers and parents. Do you know what I mean? Sure, I, I, sure. I was clear who the idiot was in the room, and it was always me. Do you know? <laughs> and, and these days, I don't know about you guys with your kids, but my, you know, there's a lot of attempted triangulation, right? Where it's like, mommy, this school teacher, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, my wife and I are clear, like, no, you're the knucklehead. You know, if, if there's anything, like, we're always partnering with the teacher. And if there's an issue, we're going to go address it with the teacher outside of earshot or awareness of my child, right? Because I need that child to know that, that we're aligned. Um, do you see a lot of that sort of splintering, either one of you, in, in the schools or educational uh, experiences you've had? Nick, please. Um, yeah, and you know what? I I really try to take a different tact, I believe, with my kids. Uh, you know, I, I make it clear to my kids that the teacher actually doesn't have to always be right. Now, with that being said, that has caused some, uh, you know, some disconnect between what the teacher is saying to my child and what I'm saying to my child and, and maybe causes a little confusion there. But I really find that it helps me build a relationship with my children to in service of them growing up and developing into the adults that I intend for them to be, Uh, meaning I try to get them to understand that, you know, going to school is really in service of them learning how to be successful in life. They don't have to learn all the ins and outs of mathematics and science and, you know, all the things that they might not like to learn about. And at the same time, they have to learn how to do what it takes to be successful. Okay, so we have rules in my household about uh, you know not bringing home uh, anything less than a than a B on the report card, or, or they might get a you know uh, some sort of restriction or punishment because of that. Um, or if a teacher talk you know reaches out to us to talk to us about one of our children's behavior in class, you know we'll we'll really dig in and find out from the perspective of the child, what actually happened. And, you know, we won't necessarily go s- straight up against what the teacher said, but we're really going to dig in and try to find out what actually happened so that we, so that the, the, the child knows that we're in partnership with them and that we're supporting them. And it's not just a, you know, a hierarchy and everybody is against, against the child. Right. Um, but, uh, I feel like, that kind of communication and that level of understanding between us and our children goes a really, really long way in service of our relationship with them and also in service of them actually getting something out of going to school every day. Nice. I want to, I want to go to the next point about community involvement because I was thinking about this. I live in a cul-de-sac and, um, you know, it's got its good and bad points. You know, you always know what's happening with your neighbors, but, um, (laughs) One of the things I notice is that when somebody's dog gets out, right, a couple times a month, somebody's dog will get out and we'll see some dog barking in the middle of the cul-de-sac, right? But because we know each other and we're friendly, 
I can take that dog and bring it back to its owner or go get the owner and say, hey, your dog's in the middle of a cul-de-sac. Yet I notice when I see a group of kids hanging out, you know, on somebody's wall or stoop, I don't have the same ownership. And I'm wondering, Sadiq, if there's some, some access point, something that you've seen that works in communities to sort of get us involved with each other as opposed to, like, minding our own business or not wanting to get involved, especially with young people. Because I think young people, uh, as I age, I notice that young people increasingly seem both distant from me and a potential threat. You know, like, I don't know what those kids are up to. Uh, that's such an excellent point, Chris. I think uh, the number one word, again, that I give to every community that I'm in that I'm speaking to is engage. Engage, engage, engage. Engage without fear. Engage without, uh, without, without thought. Engage without uh, ulterior motive. Just engage. You know, so many times we, we – as you said, the, the older we get, sometimes it's like we, we become more and more removed. And, and for me, it's like the exact opposite needs to happen. It's like as we age, we need to engage. Right. That means showing up to schools, even where you might not have a student there. That means when you see a young person, you, you, you maybe you don't launch right into a sermon or some sort of diatribe. Right. But when you see a young person and I ask this, I, you know, I do anecdotal polls all the time. Right. When's the last time you just saw a young person and you just greet them? Hello, with a smile. Very few people, guys, actually do small things like that. So, of course, as a result, you're going to perceive that there's a wall there. You're going to perceive that, well, maybe, right, maybe they should be speaking to me because I'm the elder. I always put the onus on the person with the most understanding and the most wisdom <laughs> there <you go>. and, the, <laughs> and the most knowledge to, to engage, right? Because if you're waiting around for the other person, that's back to Stephen Covey, right? Be proactive and not reactive, right? Nice. We can't always wait for the young person because we don't know how they were raised we don't know what sort of morals and we use that word integrity when you, when you guys open the show we don't know what sort of integrity has been instilled in them so you take the lead as a knowledgeable wise adult smile at that young person hey ask them how their day is going small things like that when duplicated throughout a, a, a small community have a compounding exponential effect imagine if you had a hundred adults in a community every single time they went out and they saw a different young person, they just greeted them. And they just did that for a month straight, guys. Hey, how are you today? That young person at first gonna think that this is weird. Like, man, why do these old people keep talking to me? You do that day in and day out for a month, eventually a relationship will form, and that is the raw material right there for, for communities to become involved and engaged and really become unified. Something simple like that. I love that. One of the most powerful moments I've seen uh, as a man, especially when my wife was first pregnant with her first child, and I, was, I started looking around like, what are, what's a dad supposed to do, right? And mm. I saw this guy go up to a kid at a uh, sporting event, and he was like, I don't know, you know, not exactly a coach, not exactly a parent, like an uncle or something. And he walked up to the kid, and he went down on one knee, so they were eye to eye. And he spoke to him just for a couple of minutes, and then they sort of, you know, pounded fists and parted ways. I have no idea what that guy said, but I thought, I want to be that guy for mm -hmm. young boys and men. Um, we're about to take a break. We've got a few minutes before we take a break. I want to make sure that people know about some of your work, Sadiq, and, and some of how they can engage with you. So will you give us a little teaser about millionaire manners and what, what that's about and why it's important just before we yeah. take a break? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, 
So Millionaire Manners, as, as Mick alluded to, <clears throat> is the training organization I started uh, about four years ago, uh, which really just came about as a result of me working in sort of the corporate space and retail leadership. And of course, retail represents the entry point to many young people into the working world. So we would just see tons of young people come in, just not very prepared. So I said to myself, what's something that I can do? And that's really where I had the idea to first write Millionaire Manners, the book. And then lo and behold, it turned into something much greater. Um, and hopefully much greater than myself as well. So, you know, just just really uh, instilling some of these lessons, uh, some of the unspoken rules, I call them around, uh, just building relationships, carrying yourself with, with again, integrity and, and, and manners and etiquette and how these things can take you much further than, again, even education, right? Kind of back to that, even further than education can. So that's uh, a little bit about that. Anyone can feel free to engage with me on social media. I'm, I'm a pretty active guy on Instagram and Facebook, either at Millionaire Manners, or at the Sadiq Ali show are my both um, are both on my handles. Great. Okay. And then also um, we can go to the web at both of those places too. Millionaire hyphen manners. That's millionaire singular hyphen manners plural dot com. And Sadiq Ali, which is spelled S A D I Q A L I. That's S A D I Q A L I dot com. When we come back, we're going to talk uh, more with Sadiq Ali. I, I, we'll get into uh, the importance of diversity and talk about not only what he points to about faith-based communities, but also about some of the common misunderstandings about Muslim and other um, religions and basically talk about the general decline. We'll talk about the, the special needs and attentions of uh, young African-American boys and men and... Um, <laughs> maybe some fun, like uh, advice we'd give our younger selves. I want to let you know about uh, two longtime sponsors of this program. We'll do one now and then one after the break. I want you to know about uh, the ICF. We're pleased to be a media partner with the International Coach Federation. It's an opportunity to support the fine folks involved in the association who are actually holding up and developing coaching as a profession. ICF is the leading global organization dedicated to advancing the coaching profession. They do that by setting high standards, providing independent certification and accreditation of coach training programs, as well as building a worldwide network of trained coaching professionals. The ICF is the world's largest organization of professionally trained coaches, and uh, it elicits, therefore, instant credibility for its members, like me. Uh, definitely go after your credential if you're serious about your career of coaching. Definitely check out the ICF. They are committed to connecting professional coaches with the tools and resources we need to succeed in our careers. International Coach Federation is available at coachfederation.org. That's coachfederation.org. Or you can follow them on Twitter at, at ICFHQ. We also are pleased to have a representative for the ICF on our show each quarter. And, uh, man, just get yourself to coachfederation.org and check out the fine work, the research, and the information that's available for all coaches everywhere. When we come back, more with Sidi Kali and our guest co-host today, Nick Carbo of Carbo Coaching. Tired of presentations with no impact, no inspiration, and no traction? Do dull speakers have you and your team disengaged and distracted by smartphones? Christopher McAuliffe brings energy, insights, and two decades of experience delivered with punch, humor, and heart. Your team will leave energized, uplifted, and with a sense of purpose. Visit ChristopherMcAuliffe.com to bring some heat to your next speaking engagement. M-C-A-U-L-I-F-F-E. ChristopherMcAuliffe.com. Hi, this is Rob Barnett, CEO and founder of VinVillage.com and the Wine and Dine Show on VinVillage Radio. Do you have a wine, event, product, or service to promote? 
then contact VinVillage.com to reach thousands of wine lovers across the country. VinVillage connects like-minded wine enthusiasts with unique and exclusive wines, events, products, and services. To learn more, contact us on VinVillage.com. VinVillage is where wine lovers connect. Are you seeking to change your career to something that is both fulfilling and challenging? Do you want to help people reach their full potential and strive to achieve their dreams? Would you like to inspire those around you and help create a better world? If you're serious about a career change or just want to explore the craft of personal coaching, contact Accomplishment Coaching with locations across the country in Washington, D.C., Seattle, Chicago, New York City, and San Diego. Accomplishment Coaching is the leading institution in personal coaching. Our staff carefully monitors the entire program live during the training process and have met the strict standards of ICF International to achieve accreditation. Through a focus on quality instruction rather than endless modules of training, Accomplishment Coaching will guide you from your very first step all the way to becoming one of the finest coaches in the world. Visit AccomplishmentCoaching.com to learn more. Accomplishment Coaching, where coaches lead and leaders coach. Christopher McAuliffe is your source for the latest in the world of personal coaching. Whether it be speaking with such luminaries as Deepak Chopra or getting the newest techniques and innovation, the coaching show is always on the cutting edge of what's happening now. Do you want to be a professional coach? Are you in business trying to make a real difference with people you manage or work with? Have you started a coaching practice that isn't quite getting off the ground? Get the skills you need to be a successful coach today with the Coach's Training Program from Accomplishment Coaching. The Coach's Training Program will show you how to help others focus and be more fulfilled. Whether you want to improve your company's bottom line or create a thriving coaching practice, Accomplishment Coaching can give you the distinctions and practices you need to coach others effectively today. Accomplishment Coaching has spent six years developing a cutting-edge coaches training program that will have you ready to coach people professionally in just 12 months, and you don't have to take time off work to do it. To find out more about the Coaches Training Program, just call 1-888-548-6813. That's 1-888-548-6813. Gotham Books presents Marriage Rules by Harriet Lerner. The book Martha Beck calls, Required reading for anyone hoping to interact successfully with any other human, not just for those in romantic relationships. Get your copy wherever books and ebooks are sold and visit harrietlearner.com to learn how to change your marriage today. <laughs> 